up. Praise God. We praise God in this place. Come on now. Can I get these to you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh. Can't get started like that. I don't like getting all emotional. I do it every week. Uh, it's funny. I We haven't started men's ministry yet. We're going to start it. And, and my first message is, a man can slay 10,000 and cry. It's okay to get emotional in church. It's okay to open up and be strong at the same time. If you come in here, you got walls. I just want to encourage you. It's okay. It's okay to slay 10,000 and cry. Amen? We are... Penn State. Ha, we're, we're the kingdom. We are the kingdom of God. We're the church. We are the church. It's not four walls. It's not a dope cathedral. It's not a brand. It's the body of believers. We are the church. We've been in this series. Wow, the room's heavy. I love this. This is going to be a great day. Uh, we, we, we're in the series We Are, and it's talking about what the new creation life looks like. That when you give your life to Jesus, something happens. And I, I've been saying this each and every week. The moment that we walk with him is the moment our life changes. Things have to change when you begin a journey with him. They have to change. And I think that's a really cool statement. But I think it would be unfair to speak that to you and not give you, like, what it looks like to change. What it looks like to have a journey with him. The things that do happen when we change, when we walk with him. I love this. The Apostle Paul, and this is the bottom line, or this is the core verse for the, uh, for the entire series. If you've got notes, go ahead and get some notes out. Get your Bible. Who's got their Bible in church? Who's got their Bible in church? Hey, if you've been coming to church, if this is your home, uh, I expect, man, bring your Bibles. Come on now. We've been doing this for a year now. Come on. Bring your Bibles. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, the new have come. Behold, the new have come. When we know who we are, everything about us has to change. You are a new creation. We opened up with talking about the new creation life. The belief and the faith in Christ, but also the repentance and the baptism. Guys, last week we had people getting baptized. Three weeks ago we had people getting baptized. We're seeing it is a privilege to see new creation. Amen. Come on now. Last week, if you weren't here, I would recommend going online and listening to that podcast. We got really real about being a slave of righteousness, a citizen with the saints, and an ambassador for Christ. And that the enemy has those same exact positions in his kingdom too. And so I just want to encourage you, go ahead and, and step on to Spotify. Shameless plug. Go ahead and listen to it. This week, this week we're answering this question. What does the new creation look like? What does the new creation look like? And I love how Jesus puts it in John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine and you are. Someone say you are. We are the branch. We are a branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's Jesus talking. That's not a pastor sharing his ideas. That's him getting real honest. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Someone say, we are a branch. We are a branch. We are a branch. We're a branch. So uh, 
Recently, I've gotten into gardening, okay? Certified botanist over here. I know everything. <laughs> Babe, you're supposed to cover me, not expose me. So, I've gotten into this garden thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's, here's what's funny. Uh, we, um, apparently the day that there's this whole, like, farmer's almanac thing. I don't know what that is. Or, you know, the whole, I, I don't know. I, listen, I'm not that much of a botanist here, okay? But... Here's what I will say. We did a little bit of research, and Emmy was really passionate. She's like, I want to grow our own food. I'm like, babe, that sounds like a great idea. She's like, you got to build a box. I said, okay, then. I'll do what you want. I'll make happy wife. Come on now. Y'all know. Fathers, you know. Happy wife, happy wife, okay? And so so she's like, uh, I, think it was, I think it was like April 22nd. She's like, the day to plant is May 1st. I was like, babe. You want me to build a garden box in like 12 minutes. I did it. I did it. I did it. Oh, and that thing's sturdy. That thing's sturdy. It can take a tank hitting it. You want proof that a tank can hit it? Hold on. So, Emmy has this other brilliant idea. She's sitting on the deck and she's like, it's so shady out here. Let's cut this tree down. I'm like, okay, hey, whatever. More work for me, but happy wife, okay. That's fair, okay? So I was like, okay, let's schedule this out. Let's schedule this out. We planted our, our, our garden May 1st, and it's like, I don't know, what day was it? It was like mid, mid-May, right? Like two, three weeks later. And I was like, okay, we could cut down a tree. I've done this before. I called up my dad. <laughs> I call him for everything. I'm like, dad, how do I do this? He's like, I'll be down, okay? <laughs> I was like, dude, I just need a chance. Like, no, you don't. You need me. Okay, cool. So I call him up. We set up a date. And uh, Emmy was off work that day, so she can supervise and just make sure it's going her way. And, uh, and I, I call my dad early in the morning, 8 o'clock. He's like, okay. He's like surveying. Rich Miller does this weird thing. He like surveys things. He looks at it at every angle. He's like, oh, that might fall this way. That might fall that way. Yeah, we're going to start here. Yep, it's going to drop. Do I need to tie it down? Like all of these types of things. He's got a massive plan. I'm like, bro, here's my life. Just chop it down. What happens, happens, bro. We'll fix it. Just go for it meticulous meticulous so the garden box we i built a deck last year deck number one i got i got a whole plan here okay so i built a deck last year and we attached the garden box you know three four feet up so that way right off the deck you can just pick a pepper come on now okay i planned this all out planned this all out pick a pepper all right then cut it up put it straight on the grill come on now i have a whole plan so my dad he comes over he's eyeing up this tree i'm like dad we got to knock it down. He's like, okay, I'll do the cutting, but you have to tie this rope around this branch, and you have to make sure it doesn't hit this deck. I'm like, I'm bulky. I got this, okay? So I, I get, we tie this, this rope to this branch, and I'm like pulling. I'm like ready to go. And my dad starts to, uh, starts to cut the thing. And you know, if you ever cut a tree down, it goes, it starts going. Can we put up the video of what happened? There's a garden box right there. Bang, bang. Do you see that garden box right here? Garden box, garden box, garden box, garden box, garden box. I tried pulling with all my might. He's like, you blew it. Pull harder. <laughs> and it fell right on the garden box. And Emmy is watching from inside, like, just in disbelief. Bro, you had one job. Don't let it hit this box. 
right smack dab in the middle. You actually didn't hear the video, but Emmy went, oh. That was the actual, oh. That was it. Right on the box, all the twigs just explode everywhere. All, all of the plants are cut in half, and everything's just disheveled, and it's a mess. And our tomato plant was like this, but now it's like this, you know. And <laughs> I talked to my dad. Again, professional botanist. I'm like, it's over. It's ruined. My dad's like, it'll come back in a week. It's all right. But here's the interesting thing is some of the plants were hurt. And the parts of the plants that were cut off did die. The parts of the plants that were cut off did die. Some of our nice peppers. The tomato plant, I, I, I want to show you guys a picture. It did something really beautiful and really interesting. Again, professional botanist here. I'm learning. However, the plants that were still connected, still rooted, are now flourishing. Even when a tree hits them, they're connected and they're still living. In fact, they're producing fruit. Can you put up this first, this first picture? So, uh, oh gosh. Oh, this is the tomato plant flourishing. Do you see this mark right here? Right here. It's blackened. That was the part that was cut off by the tree. And do you see how much it's grown now? Other parts of the plants that were still connected continued to flourish, and the plant is still going to produce. Can you put up this next picture? Next picture. Yep, our strawberries are doing fine. That little block is so that birds peck the block instead of the strawberries. Again, professional botanist here. I want to eat my strawberries, okay? They're producing fruit. They had a traumatic experience. They had a traumatic experience. Stayed connected and are now fruitful. You can face hell and stay connected and be fruitful. It keeps going. We got one more picture. There's this pepper right here. That all, yeah, there you go. Going to be cooking that in like two weeks. You guys see the importance, the importance in staying connected. You can literally go through any storm. You can be hit in any way. As long as you are connected, you are still going to have life. Can I get a shout of praise for that? A tree fell on it. A tree's never fallen on me. A tree fell on them and they're producing. produce good fruit. I'm really excited to talk with you guys today. Question starting with this, are you connected to the source of life? Maybe you've never heard about this Jesus and hell has been happening <laughs> for as long as you can remember. I want to offer you an opportunity today to go to this man Jesus and to become a part of a vine that is full of life. Have you been beaten up? Have you forgotten that you're connected? I want to address something in here in a, in a, in a few moments. But first, let's begin the story. If you got your Bibles, go ahead to John 15. John 15, and we're starting in verse 1. John 15. John 15. Thank you, God, for your word. 
thank you for how true it is and how it transforms. John 15. Jesus describes our relationship with him in the form of a branch connected to a vine. We can learn so much from this. We can see so many facets to our connection with God and how to live a fruitful life with him to the end of our days. Jesus opens with this, I am the true vine. He is the source. Don't get it twisted, there is no other way. Don't get it twisted, there is no other way. If you think that money's gonna be real good, no. If you think that good lifestyle, oh, I do nice things for nice people, that's not it. He is the vine. He's the source. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. We see this whole, we see this whole picture here. God's in control and authority over all of it. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Again, I'm just going to preach the word today. I'm sorry. I, I, not my opinion, but that's what Jesus says. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Anyone a fan of pruning? No, good answer. I like my life to be easy. In fact, we have spent all of our time orienting our life in the most comfortable and convenient way possible. And we don't like when our feng shui is all messed up. No, 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 don't do this. I want it to be nice and cushy and easy. I organize my job and my home is the way I need it. And, you know, I don't, this church thing, I feel like if I step further, God's going to want me to do some pretty crazy stuff. And no, no, no. I like where I'm at. I like, oh, this is a good question <laughs> or a good statement. I like my pride. I like my addiction. I like my lifestyle. I like that I'm angry. It keeps me safe and comfortable. That bitterness that's in me, I've, I'm just coping with it, and I found my, my, my status quo. God's in the business. The gardener's in the business of pruning. If we can't acknowledge that, I don't know if we'll be able to step forward into everything that we're called to be, to be the fruitful branch that we're called to be. James says it like this, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Does anyone want to be mature and complete? Then you got to be pruned. And some things need cut off. And that which is dying, that addiction needs gone. That root of unforgiveness needs out. Pruning. Watch how the perseverance <laughs> will finish its work. Other scripture says perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Please don't reject the gardener from his pruning process. In fact, a lot of believers who are stagnant or frustrated in their faith walk are most likely resisting the pruning. I don't want, we've said this, I will give you all of my life, but not this area. No, I like this. That's essentially the branch saying, I like my life, but keep this dead part. So consider pure joy. I got something to encourage you. Rejoice in the pruning. It's going to hurt. Rejoice in the pruning, but it will result in growth. 
it will result in heavenly things. It will result in things that will change the world. Rejoice in the pruning. Rejoice in the pruning. Someone say rejoice. Rejoice in the pruning. It's a good thing. The gardener is cutting off that which is dead. <laughs> it says this, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. This is what we shared in the beginning. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Those branches that fell off of my garden did not produce fruit. They did nothing. And if I didn't remove them, they would just still be there, turning into compost, degrading. The branch disconnected from the vine no longer produces fruit. No longer produces fruit. Straight up, that's what Jesus says. Are you connected? Are you connected? If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. So again, when the tree, when the tree fell into our garden and it cut off some spot and, and it cut off some of the branches, Em and I, we removed some of the mess in the garden so that way when it rains, the nutrients aren't taken away from that which is alive. So the branches needed picked out and thrown away and they withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. I got a... a <laughs> A challenging word for all of us. It's about the enemy. Did you know that the enemy is not necessarily about harming you, but he's about separating you? That's his business. When's the last time the enemy came up and slapped you in the face? Not done to me before. When's the last time he pulled me away from a Bible and pulled me to a screen? I can tell you that's happened to me, though. When's the last time he's pulled me away from a small group where I'm going to be edified in the word and he takes me to a bar where I meet a lady? That can happen. The enemy is not in the business of physically harming you because then it would be apparent, right? It'd be too obvious. No, get out of here, dude. No, he just says, mm, come over here for a minute. All he wants to do is separate you from the vine. You don't, you don't agree? What happened in Genesis 3? Was there ever any written account of the enemy harming or physically hurting Adam and Eve? None. And what's really actually interesting is we get so afraid of snakes, that snake never even bit them. Never actually harmed them. Never actually did anything. He just went over and said, hey, try this. The enemy is in the business of separating, not physically harming. He goes to Job. Well, the enemy actually goes to God. And he says, I want, I want this Job guy. And God says, you cannot physically harm. You can try anything you want. My, my servant is faithful to me. And all he tried to do that entire time was to separate him from God, to get Job to dismiss and, and, and disown God. That's it. The enemy's strategy, the enemy's strategy is totally just separation. Can I get you away from your source? Then I win. But here's why. 
The enemy loves this. The enemy loves when he's separated. Why? Let's let's go back. Can you put this? Can you put the scripture back up, Danny? Can you put that last scripture up? If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into a fire and burned. Can I ask you what happens when you throw more branches into a fire? It grows and gets bigger. The more branches, put this up here. The more branches there are, the bigger the fire gets and the more it spreads. He wants to make you an ambassador for the dominion of darkness. How can he do that? Let's separate you and let's get you thrown in this spot so our fire grows and looks bigger and bigger. The enemy is in the business of separating. That's why Jesus says it over and over again. It almost gets like, it's almost like, all right, Jesus, we get it. If you remain in me, he can't say it enough. The enemy's business is separating. Stay close, brother. The enemy's business is separating. Sister, just stay close. Stay connected. You can go through pure hell, but keep keep connecting. You can experience miscarriage. You can be weighed down by your addiction. You can even be divorced, but stay connected. Stay connected and I'll restore things. And God will do impossible things. Just remain in me. That's probably our biggest fight is to stay connected. That's our biggest struggle. I I preached a little while ago about the idols. Keep yourselves from idols. What's an idol? It's drawing you away from that which is your true source. An idol is that which takes place of God in your heart. So I talked a little bit ago. The Big Mac has taken, at times it has been my savior. It has taken God's place in my heart. So I need to be connected. I need to throw that out. I need to be connected. The enemy's business is separation. We're to remain in him. Amen, church. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Whoa, Nick, prosperity gospel. Let me, get, let me, let me describe to you some stuff here real quick. Take delight in the Lord, it says in the Psalms. <laughs> in the Psalm, um, And he will give you the desires of your heart. I have a very interesting way of describing this, and I hope that this makes sense to you guys. My question for you and everyone sitting here is, are you asking branch questions? Let me, let me describe that. The branch is concerned with branch things. Does a branch say, ah, I want to fly like the birds? No, it's not concerned with flying like a bird. I just, you know, I want to play video games. That looks cool. No, it's not concerned with playing video. The branch, what is it concerned with? Substance, like sustenance, life. It's concerned with sunlight. It's concerned with health. It's concerned with producing fruit. And sometimes, if we're sitting here saying, ask whatever in my name and it will be given to you. If I'm a branch, I'm going to ask branch things. Let me give you an example. God, I need sunlight. God, I need fed. God, help this fruit to be good. Not, I need a kajillion dollars. Ask whatever in my name. If you're a branch asking branch questions, it will be given to you. If you're a branch and you need some water, he'll give it to you. 
If you're a branch, it actually says in the word, if you need wisdom, what's given to you? Wisdom, because you're concerned with branch things. You're concerned with kingdom things. You're concerned with kingdom things. And when you're concerned with kingdom things, you start to ask kingdom questions. So you might wake up and say, God, how can I love people today? If you start asking that question, God's going to answer and give you everything you need to do that. God, how can I encourage someone today? Well, let me give you the words, and I'm going to put that person that needs encouraged. I just feel like sometimes we don't ask branch questions. You know what I mean? Sometimes we get concerned with things that we ought not to be concerned about. Sometimes I just need to ask branch questions. God, my friend's hurting. How can I comfort? God will give you that answer. God, I want to be able to pour generously into the next generation. What can I do? Oh, that, the vine likes to hear that. The vine likes to hear that. Are you asking branch questions? And are we concerned with things that we should not be concerned about? Hmm. If we ask branch questions, I just know God's going to answer I know God's going to answer. We're concerned with branch things. This is to my Father's glory, Jesus says, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. James 2 puts it like this. Why are we a branch? Why are we producing fruit? Look, it says, someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. No, no, no. It's not about, you know, doing good in this world. He's saying, though, I will show you. He says, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You'll be able to see if the tree is good based off of the fruit that it bears. You'll be able to see what vine you belong to when someone tastes the fruit. If the fruit of your life is love, peace, people will be like, I want some of that. And it's to his Father's glory that you produce good heavenly fruit. People will see the vine that we belong to. This is the branch life. I want to represent my vine well. I want the fruit that is produced to reveal his goodness. Amen, church? Stay connected. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Here's some just practical steps. You want to know how to be a good branch? Love people as Christ has loved you. We asked earlier during worship, does anyone have hope? Why does Christ love you so much? Can you love like the love that you felt when the moment you met him? The moment he overwhelmed you and changed your life. Love like that. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Church, it's not about us anymore. It's not about us. It's really cool. We can come in and have our, our, our little kung pao, like, you know, fun time. And we can get real prideful and say, oh, yeah, we're growing. That's really cool. We need another shirt. Yeah, we can, we can get real hype about that type of stuff. But it's really, it's really not about dope core church. It's really not. I'd rather lay down our life for the community around us, for my friends, for people who need to know. 
You are my friends if you do. There's another you are statement. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. I love that. It says in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit will make known to you unknown things. What a good God. That he actually, he actually wants to reveal some things to you. What a beautiful thing. Because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father. I have made known to you. It continues on. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Someone say appointed. You've been appointed that you might go and bear fruit. That's your appointment. Church, we've been using, uh, uh, Emily and I have been discussing for a while now. And, and, and there's a series that's in my heart for the future. I think we get this word purpose a little bit messed up. The pursuit of purpose. I'd rather be concerned with the appointment that's on my life. My purpose is Jesus. The appointment shifts and changes. And I think that's why a lot of us get really disappointed when we don't feel like we're purposeful. No, your purpose is Christ. That's it. Your purpose is kingdom, period. Whether you're a carpenter, whether you sell houses, whether you're a hairdresser, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, purpose is strictly kingdom business the appointment might change the appointment might change and the appointed you to bear much fruit fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you this is my command love each other we have been appointed created and commanded to bear heavenly fruit someone say amen that's it that's it we are a branch we are a branch we are a branch I wanted to take a couple moments to talk about a healthy branch. Because look, Nick, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we're a branch and we're connected to the vine. Now let me go into my Monday and say, what does that mean for me? How? How do I, how do I live as a healthy branch? How can I stay close? How do I do this stuff that you're talking about? Here's the thing. I just believe in preaching that the gospel should be preached, but there should also be application. There should be a, an action step for us. And so how do I be a healthy branch? First one is this, and we do this every day when we wake up. Actually, Warren does it. He gets this hose out. He puts it on the shower mode. You know, it changes a little bit. He gets it on shower mode, and he sprays the garden box. First step is this. Stay nourished. You need fed. You need fed. People claim to be a believer in the way and haven't read this in 13 months. I will say it again. Believers, <laughs> I can't say it again. I forget what I said. Offer me some grace. Believers claim to be believers of the way, and they haven't read this for 13 months. Claim to be, be believers of the way and uh, haven't been in the community of the saints. Haven't been in the community of the saints. I love God, but his people pff, annoy me. Actually, the scriptures say that you cannot hate a brother and love God. I don't want like organized religion. Mm. I'm sorry, but Christ is building this thing. Nah. Stay nourished. You need fed. It was really awesome. This past week, we had 27 people. <laughs> 27 people at small group on Tuesday and 19 on Wednesday. That's crazy. Y'all want fed. We, uh, we probably have like 85, 90 in this room. I would love to see 90 this week. You want fed? 
You want to stay nourished? Let's discuss the word of God together. Don't miss a week. Don't miss a week. What's more important in your life? I want to stay connected. You don't have to attend a small group to stay connected. Get me, me straight on this. I'm not being legalistic about coming to small group. I'm just encouraging you to stay connected. Amen. I'm encouraging you to place yourself in an environment where you can be nourished. Amen. That's all. So be nourished. Be nourished. Place yourself around the saints. Read the word of God. Pray daily. Pray daily. Thessalonians, it says, pray continually. Stay nourished. You need fed need fed. Plants die when they are not fed. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. If you really, if you really want to live, you need the word of God in your life. You need the word of God in your life. That's why this year, year number one of being a church here, here at 4041, our vision this year has been A, to experience Christ's heart and to share his heart with others, but B, to be obsessed with his word. How can you live if you haven't eaten in a year? And I understand you might be sitting here, the Bible's hard to read and I don't understand everything. We had core code night last night that helps you, or on Friday night that helps you read the word. And I'm really pumped because this was really awesome. But four people came. It was a great two-hour conversation, but four people came. And I don't have it all together, and I'm not the most perfect biblical scholar ever, but I know there's more, more than four, four of us who need to learn how to read better. Can I be honest? I, I haven't read this thing. Don't know where to start. We had a perfect opportunity. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the Father's mouth. It keeps going. James, or Joshua, sorry, Joshua 1.8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You'll be nourished. You'll be full of life when you meditate on God's word. It keeps going. Romans 15 puts it like this. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. If you're feeling empty right now, jump into the word. If you're feeling empty right now, connect with the saints. If you're feeling empty right now, I love that praise report that said, I have a father that I can pray to. Pray. Simple. Praying is not this elaborate thing. Sometimes it's like, God, I'm broken right now. I don't know what to do. Stay nourished. Stay fed. I was, I'll be really honest with you, I was leading youth ministry, and I was leading on empty because I was operating in knowledge and not in revelation. I was operating in knowledge of what I've learned in past, but I was not speaking from what I've been gathering from God now. And it destroyed me and left me empty. And I had to take a season away. I had to go be within my parents' business, rebuild some homes, and learn this word again. Don't operate on empty. Stay fed. Someone say stay fed. Stay fed. Second thing, allow the gardener, we already talked about this, allow the gardener to prune the old fruitless parts. Here's why. Here's why we prune. Because the nutrients will respond to the greatest need. 
And if that dead thing just keeps going in your life, it just takes all the life out of you, all the nutrients away from you. My principal at Hillsong College used to say this. He has this Australian accent. His name was Lee, Lee Burns. And he would go like this. Oh, you need to find a new fight to fight. Find a new fight to fight. That's enough dealing with that addiction. Let's go. Lay it down. That's enough dealing with that pride. Cut it off. Cut it off so that you can continue to grow. And how many of us know that when pride's been there for like 10 years, it just withers at us? And that time, that moment, maybe you've experienced this in your life, when you actually do lay it down and it is cut off, has anyone ever felt that freedom before? It feels like you can stand up straight. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We hold on to things way too long. We don't let the gardener prune that which is dead. And so it just takes all the nutrients out of us. It's what makes us say, I don't need to go to church anymore. I don't need to read. I'm just kind of done. Don't allow him to take that which is dead out of us. And we can sit here, play church for 35 years and never conquer this unforgiveness. And we expect to be fruitful? I'm preaching the ideal and I embrace what is real. I'm just preaching the ideal to you guys. The acts of the flesh are obvious. If you have your Bible, go ahead to Galatians 6. Galatians 6, this is so good. Galatians 6, let me find it here. Galatians 6. Mm. Galatians 6. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious. I'm in Galatians 6. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just going to read right here. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Witchcraft. Be careful with that magic stuff. Be careful with those crystals, those tarot cards, that fortune-telling stuff. Be careful. Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Be careful. We talked about this in, uh, we talked about this on date night. Someone say date night. We talked about this in date night. It says, be careful of the words that come out of your mouth. For what worth is your religion if it's just not it? Careful of those raging moments. Because it says that our religion is worthless. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live like this are cut off from the branch and they are picked up, cut off from the vine, picked up and thrown into the fire. This is the word. I'm not trying to preach at you. This is the word. Let me share it with you. You will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is what it looks like. Let's prune those ugly things, those things that are just not of the Spirit. Why? So that we can give room for other fruit to grow like this, a loving fruit, a joyful fruit, a peaceful fruit, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. To those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh, cut off that flesh with its passions and desires, and since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It becomes hard for love to be produced when I'm holding fits of rage and anger. 
it becomes hard for peace to produce <laughs> when idolatry and witchcraft is taking over my life. Y'all get what I'm talking about? Let's cut those things away so that real fruit can come. And I'll tell you what, only the gardener can cut it. Don't try to will it. I've tried willing many things. I've tried willing a porn addiction many a times. It does not work. It's when you go to the gardener and say, this needs off. This needs off. You are the only one that can do this. I'll put in my work. I'll put that computer aside. I'll get rid of these apps. But you got to free me of this. Then, then those spirit-filled things can start to produce. Lastly is this. Share your fruit so that it can produce more. Oh, I'm really excited about this. I have a brother-in-law. His name is Brennan. And he's like hyper-passionate about gardening. So I called him up. I said, hey, bro. Tell me how to garden. One of the things that's really important, if you have ever been a gardener, I don't know, I don't know if you have. One of the things that they, this term, it's called dying on the vine. Someone say it, dying on the vine. Go ahead, dying on the vine. Do you know that your fruit actually will die if it's not picked? Your fruit actually dies on the vine if it's not picked. You have to pick off this strawberry or it rots. You have to pick off this love and share it or it rots. You have to take off this piece and share it or it dies on the vine. And a lot of us don't share our fruit. And a lot of us don't feel like, ah, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to people to judge me or think I'm weird. No, just, just so you know, if you don't pick off this fruit of love and share it, it will die on the vine and it will sour and bitter. I love how Titus puts this. Here is the perfect view of this. Can we put this up here? And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so, how, so as to help cases of urgent need. In other words, the believers are going out and sharing good works, sharing what is being produced, sharing what is in their heart, and to not be unfruitful. Is anyone with me this morning? Does this make sense? My goodness, you will be unfruitful if you don't go out and share this. You might have love in your heart, but if you just stay in your bedroom and don't share it with anyone, that light, that love might start to go sour. You might have a lot of peace, but if you're not sharing that with anyone, it just stays inward and just kind of festers. And, and, and it's good, but it can turn sour. It can turn bitter. We're meant to share. So as to not be unfruitful, the fruit has to be picked. Someone, look, someone next to you say, the fruit has to be picked. The fruit has to be picked. The fruit has to be picked. The fruit has to be picked so that you are not unfruitful. How can I continue to produce fruit when there's a dead hanging thing there on my vine? The fruit has to, be, has to be picked. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Share the fruit so that they would say, whoa, this peace can only come from Jesus. This peace is only from the Spirit of God. This joy that you have can only come from one place. Because I've tried many of things to give me joy. I've slept with many a people. I've explored many a bottles. Believe me, I've seen many a website and none of them produce the joy that you have. They will glorify your Father in heaven. They will glorify your Father in heaven. 
you want to stay healthy, stay nourished, prune, and pick the fruit and share it. You will have a healthy branch life. Stay nourished, <laughs> prune, and share the fruit. And you will be a branch that is so overwhelmingly fruitful. Amen, church. Someone say, we are a branch. We are a branch. We are a branch. Can I pray for, uh, can I pray for you guys real quick? Let's pray. God, I, uh, it's on my heart right now to pray, uh, to pray about that separation topic. Uh, God, I pray that we would stay connected and not be led astray. That we would not allow the enemy to come in and separate us, but that we would remain firm and attached to the branch so that we can produce good fruit. So if the enemy is trying to sway people right now, if the enemy is trying to come in and separate, we stand against the enemy and say, you have no place in this branch. Someone say, he has no place. He has no place in this branch. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Lift up some shouts of praise for God who gives us life. Hey, I want to I do one more thing, and, and believers, if you can start praying fervently for those who need to make this decision. If you're here today and you have not yet connected with this Jesus, Jesus, needed, or Jesus did everything that needed to be done to connect you with heaven, to connect you to the vine. In fact, you don't have to put in work. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. He wants you just as you are. The Bible, in fact, it says, for while you were still sinners, for while you were disconnected, I came and I loved you and I poured out my love on the cross. If you don't know this Jesus, I want to invite you to the best decision that you could ever make. If you want to be connected to this Jesus, it's as simple as placing your faith in him. Romans 10.9 says it like this. If you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, that he died and rose again, that you would be set free and have eternal life. If you want this Jesus, faith is simply believing God at his word. If you need this Jesus, believers are praying for you. They're not going to judge you. <laughs> we all need this Jesus. But if you need him for the first time, I want to challenge you to do something bold. I want to challenge you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you need this Jesus, don't hold back. This is the best decision you could ever make. Anyone want to make that decision? So good. That's all right. Well, let's pray. God, you know the decision that's being made inside of our hearts. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God, you look at what's happening on the inside. You look at the heart. And so for those who have made that decision today, God, I pray. And if you have made this decision today, just say this in your heart. God, I give you my life. You have total control over it all. I place my heart in your hands. I believe that you died and rose again to set me free and to give me life, life, and more life. Not just here on earth, but in an eternity with you. I'm ready to start this new journey with you. I am a new creation. I give you everything. The old me, I repent and turn away. And I'm ready to walk with you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Can we lift up a shout of praise for those who made that decision today? So good. So good.